you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is December 18th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Hey, man. I Listen, I, I got to see your face on Friday. It was a great time. I, I'll, I'll start out with this. All right. I'll start out with a shout out. Hey, to, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, hoping yeah. Luke was going to like skip through that really quickly so I could then bring Kevin in, but this was going on a little <laughs> no, bit No, I want to hear what Luke has to say Kevin's first. Kevin's here, everybody, just so you know. Luke first. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Hey, producer Kevin. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say... The weekend has not turned out as we had hoped, but things went all right on Friday, right? I mean, I got my my mouth around some jam hot chicken. You got to see me. And hey, calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. You got to see me. And uh, we got to see a lot of listeners and Magic fans on Friday night there at the watch party. Shout out to you guys coming out. Producer Kevy holding down the, the post game live that night. As you always do, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's you know it's it's not been the most desirable weekend, but we we made it. And wasn't there some some wang banging happen as well on Friday? We got wang banged by the Celtics, is what oh, happened. Oh, that's that's mm. true. I that's had the true. wang bang wings, which were like it's like you know boom boom you know sauce. If you ever been to like Bonefish Grill, mm-hmm. it was they, they were good, but I just couldn't really enjoy them because the magic <laughs> were just getting throttled. So you know that yeah. kind of made it rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Well, hey everybody, I'm Kevin. Glad yeah, we got Kevin here. Uh, we had a another, you know, uh, what what do we even call this? Another interaction with uh, good old Eddie House after this uh, weekend series against the Boston Celtics, which Kevin is like the main. I don't want he's he's like the antagonist of this, not not maybe the protagonist, depending on who you ask. Maybe. So wanted to have Kevin on it. We're gonna you know get Kevin's perspective. It's been a little while since so he's been on the show, and we want to talk about the team. But especially when it comes to this, you know, Eddie House, I don't even want to call it drama because it's not drama. At the end of the day, it's just silly Twitter talk and it's basketball. It's not that deep. But we wanted to have Kevin on to, to talk about that in a little bit. Right, Kev? Yeah, that'll be fun to talk about a little bit later. I don't know if protagonist, antagonist depends on your your side, but 
Um, You're the pro to me, but to sure, others. I know that. I know that. But but I think the biggest thing, some people are calling me like Twitter's version of Mo Wagner. You know, like I just, <laughs> I'm in the instigator. So. Nope. Nobody said that. Oh, people said a lot, but that was not one of them. I promise. There's a lot of who is this dweeb. There's a lot of that. But no Twitter Mo Wagner. That's true. No, I didn't even instigate on Twitter. I instigated on our post game live. And, yeah. uh, no, Celtics you fans. then said, "Hey, can I post this to Twitter?" <laughs> We're like, "Yeah, go for it." And you tagged him, and, and everything it came back. So, I'm not afraid of some. Well, I know Eddie we're House. we're all in this. We it's are great. all in this very much together. Like, I'm loving every second of it. But yes, yeah. we'll talk more about it later in the show. It'll yeah. be fun. All right, folks. Uh, the next week. Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't say it. People said it, not okay. me. Okay, he is people. <laughs> If you if you go just go back through the interactions, it's there. I was like, I, I texted. I was like, I feel bad that Kevin is like he kind of put himself in the middle oh, of this, but now I feel bad that he's getting dragged. No, I for brought this, this one. upon myself, and I can handle it. But yeah, it's yeah, he, he's not even the one tweeting it at Eddie House right now. It's me, but Kevin's the one that everybody thinks it is, and he's the one getting attacked still. So freaking dweeb, dude. All right, folks. Next episode of the Six Fan Show. We are filming this. Uh, Wednesday when the Magic take on the Miami Heat at home, December 20th. So if you're attending the game on your way out of Amway, hopefully after a big Magic win over our in-state rivals over the dirty, stinking, freaking heat, uh, Ben will be outside filming the new episode of the Six Fan Show, so be sure to stop by and, yeah, celebrate that win with him, hopefully. And then uh, starting, uh, I guess we're going to start it Tuesday, so it runs up to Christmas Eve, so we don't have to do anything on Christmas Starting Tuesday, we're going to have our six, you know, the six fan show, obviously, the six days of Christmas, where we're going to be doing some some giveaways, you know, some gift cards and, and stuff like that, some some gift packages. So uh, be sure to follow us all over social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you guys want a chance to enter into those giveaways, you know, we're going to be trying to, you know, spread the uh, the holiday spirit here and, and give away some, some you know, magic gear and, and stuff like that and, you know, maybe some tickets. So be on the lookout for that, folks. All right, boys, let's get into the state of the Magic. This week, the Magic went 1-2, and two, unfortunately, uh, with a win over Cleveland on Monday and then losses to the Celtics in Boston on Friday and Sunday. They currently sit fourth in the Eastern Conference with a record of 16-9. and nine. They're four games back of Boston now, uh, two games back of Milwaukee and Philadelphia, one and a half game up on Miami, so that Wednesday game is going to be super important. Uh, two games up on New York, two and a half games up on Indiana and Cleveland three games up on Brooklyn, and six games up on Toronto and Atlanta. The Magic are now 18th in the NBA on the season in offensive rating with a rating of 113.2. They are fourth now in the NBA in defensive rating with a rating of 109.7, and they fell from fifth all the way to ninth this week in net rating, now with a net rating of 3.5. Looking at the injury report, Markel Fultz has missed the last 17 games now with left knee tendonitis. Thursday, he met with Orlando Media and said he's closer than later for sure. The Magic are still being really cautious with him, and that's just sort of like a day-to-day. He was questionable leading up to this game, then was downgraded to doubtful and then downgraded to out prior to the game. Wendell Carter Jr. has missed the last 20 games with a fractured third metacarpal in his left hand as he continues to work back. Hopefully, we get Wendell and Markel back in the, in the next you know week or, or two weeks, I think, at the most. Uh, and then Jalen Suggs had a, a pretty scary fall early in the game on Friday. I think it was, was it Drew Holiday or Derek White that he was going to block? 
and then just came down weird on that left wrist, could barely move the wrist, like came out of the game, got it taped up, went back into the game, couldn't really move it, didn't start the second half, so we thought he might be done for the game. Comes back in the game, starts hitting threes. We're like, what the hell is going on with Jalen Suggs? He didn't practice on Thursday, played on Friday, so Jalen Suggs is just like one of the toughest son of guns that's ever walked the planet, apparently. And guys, Amway Center is no more. We talked about this on the last podcast, uh, but the Magic announced that this Wednesday, they're going to announce you know, what's going on with the, the new naming rights to the arena. And I was mistaken. I thought that this was all going to be taken in effect next season. But like it's it's happening. Like they've already taken down the Amway Center sign off the sign of the building, off the side of the building. And now we're going to figure out Wednesday what the the new uh, name of the building will be. Well, I know you guys got to talk about this on the last episode a little bit about like potential names and stuff. I know you threw out a potential one. First off, we don't know. A lot of people keep asking us. We have no idea. Like absolutely no idea. I what? We have people, I'm not naming any names, oh, no one gosh. in the organization, but we have people reaching out to us like, hey, I know, but I can't tell you. And right. we're like, oh, well, thanks for nothing. <laughs> yeah, but we've had three different companies that people have said it is, so I don't know which one's true. But what I was going to say was, you guys got to give your, your thoughts on what you wanted. I'll tell you what I want. It's not going to happen. People keep talking about Publix. I want it to be Publix, but I want it to be Publix Palace. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, as soon as you said that, Kevin, um, my dumb Christmas clock in my house <laughs> on the hour plays a Christmas song, and you said the Publix Palace, and it just starts playing. It's just oh, wow, that, that was that was beautiful and magical. I think maybe now you might have just spoken it into existence, and with the power of the Christmas song, mm. I think we're getting there. That'd be something. No, but I have no idea what it's going to be. Wednesday's going to be interesting. It's gonna it's gonna divide uh, Magic Twitter. Even more than it already is, I have a feeling. No matter what it is, it's going to be the the Fortnite arena or something. Fortnite's oh just going to come in and and drop a bomb on us. Yeah. They're going to start taking over everything. You know, That's we a, don't have like a like you know the Hornets now. Like Mr. Beast, obviously, good old Jimmy's over there in North Carolina, so it kind of makes sense for us. It would it would be like it would be like the Drew Gooden Center. <laughs> yeah, Drew Gooden Garden. <laughs> that, yeah, Drew Gooden Garden. I'm down with that. Drew, Garden. come on. The, the Drew Gooden dome. No, it's not really. I mean, I guess the arena okay, is a dome, okay, but it's maybe. not like a football dome. I don't know. Let's not do that one. But the Drew Gooden garden. I like that. Why do yeah. they call them gardens? Like Madison Square Garden, Boston Garden. Why do they call it a garden? I'm sure there's some historical reason. I don't know. <sighs> Who knows? You know, no idea. Yeah. All right, well, I guess we'll find out Wednesday. So that's what we're all waiting for. I haven't seen any type of... Let me actually look up this on like the Magic Media site to see if they've said anything about... While you're, while you're doing that, that uh, the Latin word... I don't see word, anything about the announcement yet. So. The Latin word from which garden was derived means open space. An arena offers open space for basketball or hockey or whatever. Okay. So okay. there you go. There we go. Perfect. All right, let's talk about some basketball. So we've had two games uh, since the last episode, one on Friday, one on Sunday. Nice little you know, early Sunday tip-off, which was nice. And I, I tweeted about this, but the fact that like it, it, it felt like this was a big game for us, and when like you look at all the context, like it, it legitimately was a big game. Friday you know, probably felt a little bit bigger going into it. Because if like you win Friday, then you have a chance to win on Sunday and overtake first place in the Eastern Conference. 
And this was like, well, you want to stay where you are at two. You don't want to you know, have too much room at the top between you and Boston. I know we're going to talk about sort of the reality of, of the situation for the Magic at this point, but just the fact that we had a, a meaningful Sunday afternoon game against a, a top team in the Eastern Conference in a hostile environment just felt very refreshing because we haven't legitimately felt that, I think, since like the 2019 playoffs, probably. Yeah, and I think what was really fun about that was you know, over the last several years, we've had quote unquote big games against big teams, but they were one sided big, right? Like it was like, oh, we're coming up against whoever the Celtics or the Nuggets or whatever. But for the other team, it's just like, oh, this is another game. But what I liked about Friday was you could tell it was big for both teams and for the fans in Boston. Like the fans in Boston were jacked for that game. Like they knew how big it was, not just for standings, but I mean, they knew we've been owning them, you know, the last. 365 days or so. So that was really fun because obviously Boston is the upper class of the league. And so to see them take us that seriously, see their fans take us that seriously, we haven't seen that in a really long time. So that was kind of special. Well, and it wasn't just fans that were thinking that way either. Jalen Brown, after Friday when they beat us, goes on to say, quote, I think this is the biggest game of the year. This was after the game. It's crazy. So just the fact that were even mentioned in that is is pretty sweet. Uh, a lot of people on on like Magic Twitter were clowning Jalen Brown for saying that, or like like saying that like is it really that big of a deal or like whatever. Like it was coming from everybody, and I was like, why why do we hate that this is happening? Like I I love being considered the biggest game of the year. We're not to a point where we can like clown people for saying stuff like that. Like it, we take that as a compliment. At least I did. So we thought that we would talk about this weekend as the weekend. You know, normally we would go through each individual game and there will be certain aspects of that talking about, you know, you know where each game went wrong, but we thought that it would be important to really just talk about the weekend series because although the games sort of had different flows, you walk away from each of those games with very much different feelings. And the feeling is, I think we can all agree is like Regardless of where you thought the Magic like matched up against the Celtics, this is very much like, hey, the reality is you're not close yet. Like, and I, I think that's that's a reasonable stance to have. I don't think anybody really thought like going into the season that we were anywhere near the Celtics, and maybe we all sort of got like you know a little overconfident the last couple of weeks, myself included. Like, there was no Kristaps Porzingis on Friday. Celtics were playing their second game of a back-to-back and I texted in the chat like I feel like this is a game that we should win like if we play the way that we're capable of which the Magic did not unfortunately like that's a game that was fairly reasonable that the Magic could you know hope to win that game or expect to win that game given the way that they played against the Celtics recently and now the reality is like hey you guys are doing really well you still got a lot of work to do you're not on that level yet I think we can all agree on that you're yeah, quite frankly, you're you're not to that point, and I'm tired of having to say this, but also you're down two starters. Like you're yeah. you're starting your rookie, you're starting a guy that just got you know cut, waived, whatever from the Indiana Pacers. Basically, told he wasn't good enough. All of a sudden, he's your starting center, and Anthony Black, your rookie on a talented team, is is starting and. We well, are we breaking down the weekend right now, Jonathan? Or yeah, like let's do over? It. I I think that's where I want to to start as well. Anthony Black is not 
like yes he is starting and that is a great opportunity i still think he needs more opportunity and the reason why is like last game on friday against boston he had 13 points nine rebounds four assists most impressively as a rookie zero turnovers all career highs all career highs and he was like an even plus minus he was a zero while you had guys on the court like franz paolo Jalen that were you know minuses and nothing really on necessarily guys like well yes i definitely on paolo and definitely on franz Jalen sucks i disregard the plus minus for him because it's mainly because he was running with franz and paolo who couldn't buy a bucket but and you know anthony even tonight even today against boston he's a plus 17 out there nobody else is sniffing a plus 17 on this team and he only played 17 minutes and three assists, yet again, zero turnovers. So the last two games against the best team in the East, seven assists, zero turnovers. I think he deserves more opportunity until Markel Fultz comes back. And I do think that a lot of it does derive from the fact that Paolo Bancara, as we've broken down many times already, gets more touches when Anthony Black's on the court. I think it helps a lot because when you've got, and this is not a knock to call Anthony necessarily, but it is just like Anthony Black knows his role. He knows my ball, my 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 duty is to not turn the, the ball over and get out of the way. Right? I think he does deserve more pick and roll opportunities. He does a lot of standing in the corner. And he's been respectable knocking down the corner three. But I, I just think that they really need to step back and look at how Anthony Black's being used and when he's being used. I think down the stretch he can be used. Yeah, I think to add to that, you talk about his performance over the weekend is in a vacuum, it's good, but especially when you consider the competition, like that's a great team, especially defensively. Like obviously, Drew Holiday's over there. I know Drew Holiday didn't spend a whole lot of time guarding Anthony Black one on one necessarily, but they still play great team defense. Um, and so, yeah, I again, I don't think that's, that's one of the things I mentioned on the post game show today. Like Anthony Black is not the reason you got swept this weekend. Like, yeah, it'd be nice to have a better piece mm-hmm. in place at the starting you know, lead guard, but he's not the reason he lost both games this weekend. He's not the reason he got blown out. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, just more has to do with certain guys not stepping up. Um, obviously, w- what I mentioned to you, Jonathan, before this was we do walk away from this weekend with the same overarching feeling of like there is still a large gap between the elite of the NBA and the Orlando Magic. I think most of us already knew that, but this was mm-hmm. a quick um, wake-up call or reminder for anyone that didn't. But what I would say is that the difference between Friday and Sunday's games, I thought was pretty big. Like Friday, I thought you just got completely overwhelmed. Like maybe it was the rest. Like we had three days of rest, which is unheard of. Maybe it was rusty, you know, from, from that rest. Um, but I thought you just got completely overwhelmed, which was very disappointing. Like you mentioned, because of the players that were and were not available for Boston. Um, you really would have liked to see a better performance, especially when you think about, some of the guys that went off like Peyton Pritchard and you know, all that stuff. So that game was very disappointing to me. Like that game was actually more disappointing than Sunday's game because I didn't feel like the magic got completely steamrolled today. They did a lot of things really well today. They just couldn't score the ball. And yes, I know Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown were (laughs) unbelievable on Sunday, Mm -hmm. like unreal. The shots that they were hitting just demoralizing. Like I told you guys, like, we're scratching and clawing and fighting our way for every single stinking bucket. And they turn around just effortlessly. And it's not just that it goes in. Like, it just goes in. It's just pure. And it just, like, mm-hmm. oh, it just gets 
gets under my skin and I'm like, man, those guys are unreal. Mm-hmm. So all I had to say though, I didn't feel like today we got absolutely steamrolled. Like we we had what eight turnovers in this game, nine turnovers in this game. Like we took care of the ball much better than Friday, where we didn't take care of the ball at all. Literally, the difference was scoring the basketball. And I didn't think it was because the Celtics defense like shut us down. I mean, it's a good defense. It makes it hard to earn buckets. We had plenty of good looks, plenty of looks that guys normally hit. And just like the Cleveland game, where Powell dropped 42 a couple weeks ago, we were one player away from having a halfway decent performance to being in that game, just like we were today, a Sunday afternoon against the Celtics. Obviously, Paolo goes off, and he gets no help. One other player in, in double figures in Jalen Suggs. That's crazy. It's crazy. Everyone else had eight points or less. If we get one player that gets like 18, maybe, oh, God forbid we ask for 20 points from somebody else. We get one other player, we're in this game. Maybe we don't win it. I don't know, but we're at least in the game. So that's like the overarching feel from both of the games for me. Again, Friday was a, was a disgrace, just a massacre. Today, Sunday, I didn't think it was. We just weren't quite close enough to, to keep up with Jason and Jalen. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yeah, if you look at the final score of each game, like it, it looks like the second game is much further apart than it really was. Like that, that game was close until like the last six minutes when Jalen Brown especially got going. Like just a whatever you say about his left hand, like the dude is a special shot maker, yeah. and it's it's a it's a fact. You put pressure on the left hand, you got a fifty fifty shot of him turning that ball over or just picking up the dribble and passing it to somebody else because the left hand is non existent which, you know, is going to be an issue for them. When he's shooting the ball like he was shooting the ball today, what was it, 31 points, 12 of 20, 5 of 8 from behind the arc? Like, just when he has it going, two, like, super special shot makers on that team. Like, Jason Tatum had a had a three in the second half uh, where he was just absolutely smothered, sidestep three, in rhythm. Like, it just didn't matter. Forget who it was. It, it might have been... Franz or, or Paolo just draped all over him and it was just like those guys weren't even there so when those guys get it going and as much as we talk about Paolo and Franz like you know those guys are, are fantastic 
Franz struggling a little bit right now. Paolo had a fantastic game. Struggled a little bit in the second half, but especially the first half was just absolutely incredible. It still feels like those guys are on another level, you know, like as special as Paolo is and as, as good as he is going to be, like I would right now, if you're giving me one guy for the next 10 years, Jalen Brown or Paolo, I'm taking Paolo and I'm, I'm not thinking about it. Paolo and Jason Tatum, you know, probably lean Tatum, but I think that is a conversation that's going to be had in the coming years. But uh, Franz, you know, his, his struggles today um, were especially glaring, I think. You know, he was 3 of 14 from the floor uh, for 8 points, 0 of 4 from behind the arc. He, he's talked about he's working on the arc in that three-point shot not being as flat. Today it was as flat as, as we've ever seen it, I think. And uh, like multiple three-point attempts in a row where it's like, brother, like you just don't have it going and started to get to the rim a little bit. But I do want to give credit to Boston's defense. Like, sure, there were a lot of looks that the Magic had, especially on Sunday, that were makeable. But like, I don't know why anybody in their right mind would ever try to post up Drew Holiday because mm. it's almost a steal or a, or a turnover or some kind of deflection every single time. And that did give the Magic issues. But like you talked about, Kevin, the Boston fans like being jacked up for this series of games was absolutely a factor. Like when Jalen Brown started to get going in the fourth quarter and that Celtics crowd really got into the game, these guys, I don't know, are are quite ready for an environment like that. And that's not to say that they can't or they can't get there, but we're very much still in like the infancy of what this team is going to be. And they just haven't had that like level of experience in hostile environments like that. Friday, sure. The turnovers, 21 turnovers, you, you just... A large part of that, though, was Boston's pressure, right? Pressure that they were putting on our ball handlers, but it's also guys just like trying to make passes that are not there. That's going to come over time with reps, with decision making, and everything like that. But Friday, especially, was just super disheartening because Boston, it felt like couldn't miss. We couldn't buy a bucket, and then when you're giving up 21 extra possessions, you're just not going to be in the game whatsoever. It's interesting when you look at both games because they are similar in the result, right? Like you you lose both games by 17 points. But there's such severe differences as to what turned the games on their head. That game, the story can be told last game with turnovers, right? You have 21. And and no universe, when you have 21 turnovers and the opposing team has 11, are you going to win that game? It's just not going to happen. And this one, though, Turnover count was great. You only had nine. You had nine to their 14, but where you won the battle last game, you didn't win the battle this game, which was on the rebounding side of things. On Sunday, you get out-rebounded by 12. You get out-rebounded 55 to 43. A lot of this is to do with the fact that you just couldn't shoot the ball well, and naturally teams are just easily able to get defensive rebounds instead of you you getting the offensive. Both teams have 10 rebounds offensively, but I could say today the reason that it felt closer and that it was closer even down to the stretch was solely because of the turnover situation. And despite shooting poorly, right? And also the the unfortunate part of this game today was that you shot 24 free throws. Boston shot eight. You shot 75% and they converted on like 87%. So it, there was a lot of very very different things about these games. 
I think you also see in this game, and the proof is further cemented, that Boston has the most complete roster in the Eastern Conference, maybe in the league. They've got their guys. It's clear cut. And then you got guys that can beat you off the bench, like Sam Hauser, who's like one of the best three-point shooter shooters in the league. And you've got Peyton Pritchard, who is liable to do much of the same. That game on Friday where he is six of seven from three, Sam Hauser's three of six from three. You need guys like that on your bench who their job legitimately is just catch and shoot. Catch and shoot and play decent defense, right? And the Magic are getting a glimpse into what their roster needs to look like moving forward in the next couple of years because we've also said this. Paolo and Franz draw a comparison to Tatum and Brown, right? Where it's like, there's probably a superstar in the mix, Tatum or Paolo, right? And then there's a very you know obvious second option who's kind of right there with Jalen Brown and Franz Wagner, at least who knows that Paolo Franz thing can switch by the day. But right now, that's what it feels like. And then you just have to take note of what Boston's doing, how they're surrounding, and you need to get a guy, obviously, everybody would love a guy like Chris Porzingis, who can just play with you know free and clear knowing he doesn't have to be the guy but he's still incredibly talented there's a lot about that boston roster that i'm envious of to be honest i'm, I'm glad you brought up the the uh, celtics bench because honestly that was maybe the biggest disappointment for me on friday was the bench the battle of the benches on friday our bench one of the best in the league through the first 20-ish games or so has fallen fallen down pretty bad the last several games but on friday with no Horford, no Porzingis. I was really hopeful that our bench would outdo their bench and keep us in the game. And they just got absolutely smoked. Um, they, I think, I'm, I'm trying to think, between the two games, because honestly, bench has been bad both games. Cole had 17 on Friday. That's the only player in double figures over these two games from the bench. Like, what was a big strength for the Magic through the first 20 games has really fallen fallen apart over the last, I don't know, off the top of my head, five games, seven games, whatever it's been. Um, and, a, and a game like Friday where you're coming up against, you know, uh, I don't even know how you say that guy's name, Cueto or whatever, Brissette, yeah. like those guys, like they're good players, don't get me wrong, but the way our bench plays through the first 20-ish games, I was feeling very confident that our bench should win those reserve minutes on Friday and the fact that they, they didn't just didn't help to, to, you know, keep the magic in the game. But, um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree about their roster. It's, it's so well built, especially that starting five when they're fully healthy. It's, that's a great team, but I, I just got to remind us and remind magic fans. The gap is there right between the Celtics and between us, but think about the age gap, right? Like Tatum Brown, they're 27, 25 and our guys, are 22 and 21, okay? So just think about this. Like, we're not supposed to be there yet. Four, five years? Look out. Look out. But I'm saying, we got to take it easy. We got some time. But it's still good to see our guys perform, at least Paolo perform the way he did today. Yeah, I was just about to say that we're four Paolo points today from two 40 balls from Paolo in one week. Right. I feel pretty good about that. 21 years old. And the last thing I'll add about you know, until we to move on or, or whatever we're doing next year. The last thing that I really want to say is Mortz Wagner was a huge part of the win that we got for the end season tournament, right? That game, he has 27 points, nine of 13 from the field. 
and you just didn't get that. He's part of that bench unit. He didn't play much either. Like he, he played like 12 and 13 minutes respectively this past weekend. So that was interesting. Rotations apparently have changed in some way. Like he played 24 minutes. I know Moses probably riding the hot hand to an extent, but I think that, uh, yeah, I, th- I think Mosley's still figuring it out as far as rotations go. But uh, it did hurt not to have a an explosive. I genuinely expected Wagner, Mo Wagner, to have a great game today because he did in the end season tournament game. He didn't have on on Friday. I just thought he it felt like he was due, but it, it was unfortunate for sure. Pulling up the uh, the bench numbers right now because I I do agree with Kevin. You know, like the first you know twenty games or so, even if we got down early, like we you know last couple of weeks we've had slow starts in the first quarter. I never really got worried because it was like, well, our bench has been so good. Even if we're down six or seven points by the time those guys come in, like in a seven, eight minute stretch, they're very capable of turning a six, seven point deficit into a five, six point lead. So really, you know, that was a, a big strength that we've leaned on. And just looking at the last you know, five games here, the Magic's bench in terms of offensive rating we are, let's see, where are we? So we're 10th now in offensive rating and then defensive rating, we're 25th. Net rating, 24th. So it was a, a massive stretch. You know, you, you were towards the top of the league for the you know first you know, almost 20 games of the season. Magic are, are really struggling recently. And again, to Kevin's point, when you've got guys that are coming off the bench like Sam Hauser and, and, and Kata and Pritchard, our guys really should have the advantage there when you're talking about a lineup with Jonathan Isaac and Cole Anthony and Gary Harrison. I know Joe Ingles didn't play much on Friday and then didn't play on Sunday, uh, but Mo Wagner, you know, he, he's this is this is this was the concern all along with the the backup bigs with Wendell being out is that you know what Wendell is going to give you on a night in and night out basis, and it's about whether those other guys can be consistent because we know on an, any given night. Goga can give you like a 13 and 10 game with two or three blocks shooting 70% from the floor. And Mo Wagner can have the 27 point game that he had against the Celtics. But unfortunately they're capable of having the, you know, two for six game that, that Goga had tonight and uh, Mo Wagner, you know, with the one for three night that he had. So we talked about this a bit, really need to get Wendell back. Seems like Wendell and Markel, those guys are getting close. I have been really happy the way that Anthony Black, although you know he's not a huge impact offensively at times, and to Luke's point from earlier, maybe he could be utilized a, a bit more there. But I think it it fits. Like the the offense hasn't really been the issue, right? This like I I don't want to take too much away from this weekend because at the end of the day, it's the Boston Celtics. These these teams that two years ago were in the NBA Finals, last year they're in the Eastern Conference Finals like four out of the last five years or something like that this team's been in the eastern conference finals and two months ago we were like oh well you know it'll be nice to be the eighth seed so we're not we're not comparing you know apples to apples here this is very much apples to you know white chocolate macadamia nut cookies or something like that which i'm yeah, a big we're the totally. we're the white chocolate macadamia nut cookie in, oh, okay in, in that that instance i'm a, I'm a big fan of those cookies okay. shout out to a uh, pepperidge farm but uh, yeah, like we're just not we're not talking about the same thing here, and that's okay. 
right? Like the sky is not falling because you got your butt kicked twice in a weekend to the Celtics. Did Cole Anthony maybe give them a little bit of bulletin board material back with his comments on the the Zach Lowe show about a week ago saying like, hey, every time we play Boston now, it's super personal because what this one guy said, like I did feel like you gave up a little bit of the edge that we had there. Like it's an unwritten thing. We're not going to talk about it, but we know what it is. They know what it is. But when you go on a, a national ESPN podcast and you say that, it, of course, it's going to get back to the Celtics and they're tired of, of losing. And while I was talking to Philip Rossman Reich, who came out to the, the watch party, by the way, and he dropped the little nugget that no team in the NBA has beaten the Celtics five consecutive matchups since like the Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups Pistons of the early 2000s. That made me feel a little bit better, but it just goes to show you that like historically, Teams start to beat up on the Celtics, they're going to find a way to get one against you. Yeah, and that also comes with being one of the darlings of the league, you know. I'll just, I'll just add that in there, you know, just... just <laughs> Officiating, you know, definitely a little bit fishy at times, you know, um, especially Friday. It didn't feel like the, the whistle was going fair, you know, both ways, but that sort of swung back in our favor when you look at the free throw discrepancy on Sunday, which, you know, of course, we don't, you know... What's understand doesn't need to be said all the time. Sure, I get it, but I, I I'll say it. Um, it just it feels like you know Boston has some of these guys like a Drew Holiday who have you know this um, I don't know like there's this aura of a guy like Drew Holiday. Oh, he's he's a world class defensive player, and that means if he swipes down, he he must be getting the ball every time. Like. <laughs> the only option i mean he's drew freaking holiday you know so stuff like that got a little annoying like there you cannot tell me as many times as drew holiday Derek white whoever else swipe down on the ball over these two games you can't tell me they didn't get some arm a little more than they did but anyway again that's not the reason we lost these games but there were several times where that happened on the other end and they're calling every time i'm like what in the world you know it is what it is but anyway that's another guy we didn't talk about Derek white what a beast i mean that dude you talk, again, talking about like that that starting five, like that group, he's a perfect fit for that group. So he had a great weekend as well, unfortunately. But yeah, anyway, it's a little fi- little fishy for me. One person that didn't have a, a great weekend was Franz. So uh, in the two games this weekend, uh, averaged 12.5 points per game, shot 32% from the floor, 12% from behind the arc, uh, had 6.5 rebounds, 5.5 assists, and three turnovers with a, a steal and a half. Franz is just been he hasn't been bad this season but he's just not been as consistent as we're used to like last season it was like Franz is going to give you 18 points a night he's going to shoot 47 percent from the floor 35 percent from behind the arc going to be handling the ball a lot so there's going to be the turnovers there but like Franz's season up to this point has just felt like very up and down like he hasn't been able to string like more that it feels like more than like a week or so of really good games together like during that winning streak, it felt like him and Paolo were like both playing really well. Outside of that, though, like we know that Franz had like the rough start to the year. And then like the last handful of games, it, 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 feel, it feels like Franz hasn't been Franz. I don't know that I necessarily have a, a great reason for that. Great defensive matchup against the Celtics when they're throwing those four guys at you. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Derek White, Drew Holiday. When one of those four guys is guarding you on almost every single possession, you're going to have a, a a rough night, right? Like one thing I think that we haven't talked about enough in the game on Sunday, and, and sure, 
part of the reason that that game was closer is because you only have eight turnovers. But if Paolo Bancaro doesn't have 26 points in the first half and you were still down, what was it, 11 at halftime? Like if, if Paolo doesn't go crazy in the first half, you might be down 20 or 25 points. Wasn't able to keep that going at the same rate in the second half, but still like a stellar performance by Paolo Bancaro. And I, especially that first 19 point first quarter, it's like, thank God this guy is on our team. Because this is a guy that like that's those are the type of performances that like the super superstars have pretty consistently, and Palos had like two of those this week, and one of those again, he was being guarded by the same Derek White, Drew Holiday, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I I don't mean to go back and uh, and and harp on Franz again here, but I pulled up numbers here. So just to give kind of perspective, because for me, the biggest thing with Franz is that I just feel like I can't trust him on floaters in the paint or even to necessarily finish at the bucket right now. Where like we became so accustomed to trusting that he's going to make like his finger roll around the basket uh, at a crazy angle and just like these degree of difficulty lay-ins that he was able to get before. They feel like they're not happening anymore. This season... On 160 attempts in the restricted area, he's shooting 59%. To provide some context here, last year, he shot a total of 407, right? So whatever, like three times, three and a half times the amount he's done so far. And he was 65.5%. When you're talking percentages, a 6% gap in the restricted area at the rim on that much more volume last year, having a whole season to go across... That's something to me. And I think that that's what, like you said, Jonathan, it's hard to pinpoint, but it's hard to pinpoint because it's not always, it's, it's not always this like in-depth reason. He's just simply missing. Like that's, that is what it has come down to. You talk about his three pointer that has legitimately, it's a line drive right now. It is a legitimate line drive right now. And you talk about it at the rim and it just feels like he's very frustrated too. Like that, that doesn't help. It just mentally, like especially on Friday, right? Like this is when I was really looking at watching Franz and what he's doing. Tonight, I was more just pissed off, to be honest with you. On Friday, it was just like me trying to figure out what's going on. And you could see like just frustration fouls from Franz, dumb turnovers, stopping because he feels like he got fouled and then the play is going the other way, but he's nowhere to be seen. Like, he just was it felt very in his head and then just missing little bunnies right at the rim all of these things put together it just it screams to me that he's just very frustrated and i'm hoping that going back home to where the magic have played so well is going to help him on wednesday i know you know the other guys are going to be juiced up for that game jalen suggs is going to be electric playing against the heat at amway like he's going there's going to be no reason for Franz Wagner not to be able to have a fair shot at getting back on track on Wednesday. It's another game, another time to make things right. It's got to happen. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because body language was something. Yeah, you know I've been keeping an eye on with Franz as well because like it's not something we've seen very often from this era of Magic basketball, mainly because of Coach Mosley. But when things aren't going our way. Very rarely over the last three plus years have we seen that. Like guys just mail it in, whether individually or collectively as a whole team. 
Um, I don't want to say Franz mailed it in on Friday, but there were several times where the frustration, whether it was a lack of calls or a lack of shots falling or whatever, felt like it got to him. Like you said, frustration fouls, yeah, maybe careless turnovers, those kinds of things. It's a little concerning. Again, it's a short sample size, but I, I will say like over the last five games, Franz has had one really good game. And that was against the Pistons. And I feel like I could have a really good game against the Pistons <laughs> right now. You know? So uh, it's been a rough little stretch. Obviously, before that, he went on three straight 30-point outings, yeah. shooting the ball really well. Mm-hmm. So again, it's a stretch. You know, I don't want to sit here and say he's had a terrible season because he hasn't. He's still averaging 20 points and mm-hmm. mostly efficient numbers. But this five-game stretch certainly hasn't been, has been a concern, especially when you consider the opponents that are around the corner. It's a concern for everybody, but especially Franz, you really want to see him Wednesday um, kind of get back to form before we go on another road trip, you know, next weekend. Yeah, I don't have anything like really profound to add to that. I think something that really happens with all NBA stars who are, you know, like star calls are a thing in the NBA. We can all acknowledge that. Part of Paolo and Franz's game, like evolving, like it, it, not really Paolo evolving. It's been from day one, but a big part of their game is going to be getting to the free throw line. And part of what gets stars to the free throw line is campaigning with the referees. Like every star player does that. Every every star player complains to the referees that they're not getting enough calls. But something that has been a lot more prevalent this season has been Paolo or Franz not getting the call jogging back on defense as they're barking back at the ref and then unfortunately it leads to an advantage going the other way and that happened a couple of times friday night and i'm like whether it's franz or paolo or whoever it's like bro like come on like get back like you're 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 not doing anything right now but it's almost like sort of like they're they're playing the long game because you bark at these refs enough we have a you know 35 years of evidence that shows you start complaining to the refs enough you're going to start getting calls that go your way. That's just the nature of the business, especially when you're one of the better star players in the league. But always in the moment, it's it's frustrating to see that, especially when it leads to like a transition bucket or a Peyton Pritchard transition corner three that there were 87 of on Friday night, it felt like. Yeah, and I also want to partially take um, a little bit of the blame for Franz today. I did wear my Franz socks. I put them on this morning thinking that you know he'd have a bounce back game if I wore the socks mm. um and then he didn't so I, it might have been the socks so I apologize for that mm. uh by the way go to rockham.com get a uh, 20% off your order with code magic20 that's right don't forget right there baby <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're just all like the sky is not falling we're just nowhere near the Boston Celtics right now. And I don't think that that's anything that should be raising alarms for people. That's not the end of the world right now. I was going to say this later, but I'll, I'll add it now because it feels appropriate when talking about the sky not falling to just, you just ran into a buzzsaw. I mean, the team Boston's freaking 14 and 0 at home now. I would have loved to be that loss to hand them, but whatever it is what it is. But I think that as we go on this rough, rough stretch, through January, there's going to be a couple different times, maybe a few, where the sky will feel like it's falling. But in reality, you're just playing really tough teams. And what I did tonight was remind myself of that stretch after the All Star break, through the rest of the season, where it's like, I this is this should be the worst stretch of the season in terms of like second guessing the team, 
how good are we really that sort of thing but like you said jonathan a month and a half ago if you had told us hey the magic are a lock to be an eight seed it'd be like wow sign us up i don't know how we get there but sign us up so this the season's going to be a roller coaster and unfortunately this next you know six weeks are going to maybe feel like we're going down on the roller coaster but i i think that uh you know we just need to continue to keep perspective that the sky in fact is, is not falling and these are we're just playing very very talented teams so i know we're, we're going to do the week ahead like at the end of the show like we always do you know each each monday pod but you've got three games this week even if you lose all three of them you're 16 and 12 at christmas if you would have asked us all on like october 21st like hey would you take being 16 and 12 by christmas we all would have said hell yes mm-hmm. so let's just trying to not like I'm not trying to be like a magic apologist here or anything, right? Like there are things that the magic definitely could have done better in these games and and things that like individual players need to improve upon and as a whole. But like we're we're okay. Like 16 and 12, I do think it's super important that you like don't fall not overall in the season, but in this stretch that we're talking about, like starting this week through the end of January, you can't fall too many games be five but but behind 500 in that stretch no like if all of a sudden we're like seven and 12 in this stretch i'm gonna be like okay well that's not great still won't be the end of the world but if we can hang around you know two or three games of 500 throughout this entire stretch i'm gonna be okay with that all right uh this next segment is brought to you by our friends at jam hot chicken this is this week's jam of the week we're gonna go back to uh, last monday at home when the Magic uh, were victorious over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Take you back to the second quarter. Uh, Magic lead 43 to, third, uh, 43 to 40 with 3 minutes and 12 seconds left in the first half. Paolo uh, attempts to throw a, a bounce pass to Jalen. Was a little bit low, gets away from Jalen. In order to save it from being a backcourt violation, Jalen Suggs dives on the floor near the half-court line. Uh, Struess and Donovan Mitchell sort of collapse on Jalen Suggs. They're going for the ball. Jalen somehow miraculously gets the ball to Franz at the top of the key, who then takes the open driving lane, finds a cutting Goga Batadze for the alley-oop jam. That is this week's jam hot chicken jam of the week. I did have an honorable mention. Jalen Suggs seemed like he broke his hand on Friday. Nobody knew what was happening, if he was going to come back. The kid comes back with like nothing short of like a soft club on his hand. I don't know how he's dribbling, how he's defending, how he's shooting the ball, but he is. And then like the first couple of minutes on Sunday, Franz finds Jalen for a lob that he just absolutely slams home. And I just want to once again say like I would die for Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs is one of the toughest basketball players to ever live. And I love that kid. I, I also love Jalen Suggs, but we we love Jam Hot Chicken. So shout out to Jam Hot Chicken for sponsoring the Six Man Show. Jam Hot Chicken bringing jams, culture, and hot chicken to the heart of Winter Park. This is my first time getting to do a Jam Hot Chicken read. And let me just tell you folks at home, it is legit. Like you've heard Jonathan talk about it. You've heard Luke talk about it. If you go to Jam Hot's Instagram, which you should follow them on Instagram, by the way, look at all the comments, people. Like it's legit. Jam Hot Chicken is the real deal. It is very good. And if you are in Central Florida and you haven't been there yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Okay. When we when we sign up for these these partnerships, you know, for this season, like we're not just signing some random Joe Schmoes. Like we investigate. We literally sent a secret shopper to Winter Park to go try out Jam Hot Chicken. And they came back and they said, boys, it's the real deal. I'm just saying, it is. 
So you should go check them out at Jam Hot Chicken. Uh, follow them on all their social medias, and obviously go try some of their dang chicken because it's really, really good. Again, shout out Jam Hot Chicken, Andrew, and all the team there. You guys are great. Now we want to give a very special shout out to our wonderful patrons, the folks that help make each and every episode uh, and our six days of Christmas that are coming up. Our patrons are the one that help make all of that stuff possible. Uh, if you want to join our Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Uh, different tiers that you can uh, choose from, whatever works best from you. Uh, we really appreciate everyone's support, whether it's a little, whether it's a lot, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It means the world to us. Uh, we give a special shout out to brand new patrons whenever we have them. And then as a benefit of our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons, we shout them out on every single episode. So I'm going to go ahead and do that now, starting with our buddies over at the Court Cousins, uh, Drew Gooden, Armin Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Games, uh, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Franz's Warmth, Pierre A., Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Danwell, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Bill Fulton, Emin Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty, Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, Shahan 177, Bulby the Dawn, Himlo Ben Himro, RM Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, Spanking Season Soft Taco, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Eddie House's Burner. Interesting. Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kev, Bruv Sal, Kaysen Green, Santi Leon, Kane Eckler, The Distract, Ahmad Timsa, and Chansu. Again, a big thanks to all of our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. That wasn't intentional at all, but what a perfect segue talking about Eddie House's burner. <laughs> I, I sort of expected it like, you know, Friday after the win, like maybe he would, but no, Eddie won't do that. He's going to wait to make sure that they win on Sunday. And sure enough, I'm going to uh, go to our, our Twitter here where uh, all of the, the fun stuff started happening. But a few minutes after the, the loss to the Celtics on uh, Sunday, Eddie House is, is responding to you know, previous tweets mentioning his name with the the four uh, four leaf clover icon, and then uh, he, he follows it up with "We are not the same." Tweets at Six Man Show. Hopefully, this will keep my name out of y'all's mouth. I be chilling then. Here come the Magic's Twitter fans. Good team though. We just built different, and uh, we've had a small part in this. But really, like Kevin was the the Tannerite that uh, has now caused this this Twitter beef. Well, I think that's that's a little bit um that's a little bit too generous to me. Let's be very clear. Eddie House started this. Like yeah, it's well, established. I, I, this. I didn't mean to to misconstrue I know, I know. the entire situation know, that but, way, but yes. I know, but I just want to make sure everyone is aware because Eddie House is trying to like put hands off, like, oh, these guys just put put my name in their mouth out of no reason. No, we had a reason. It's because he called us out and the magic went on a run after you did it. So that's why we kept bringing it up. Like Eddie House, not only did he say it once, he doubled down, tripled down on it over and over again, talking about the Magic being trash or whatever. So, yes, I brought it up on the post-game live show when we kicked their tail in Orlando, which, by the way, how sad is it that the Magic and Celtics only play three times this year, and two of them are in Boston? Because I tell you what, I sure would love a fourth go at Boston back at, well, what used to be Amway Center. <laughs> I would love that. I know you guys would, too. At the, the Jam Hot Chicken Center. Right. I think, think it's got a chance. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I think that's 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 a shame. Now, obviously, it has to happen to several teams over the course of the season. Like You can't play everybody four times, but it's just a shame that we're not playing them four times this year. Now, maybe we'll play them four, five, six, seven times in May. 
or something. That'd be fun. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I called him out on the post game live show. I posted it to Twitter and I tagged him because I'm not afraid. I'm not, there's no subtweeting over here. I don't roll like that, you know? Uh, and then Eddie, you know, first off tweeted at us after the uh, in season tournament results when Boston got through based on point differential. And that when shadow. we weren't even playing, by the way, weren't even playing, number one. And number two, he said, I don't remember what it said, but basically Oops, didn't even matter. All for nothing. All for nothing. Yeah. Even though it's a regular season game and counts anyway it's whatever uh so he tweeted at us then tweeted at us he did tweet friday about the magic jonathan because he tweeted about jalen suggs you know i don't know if you remember seeing that on friday wasn't at the six-man show but it's more yeah, it was just like oh i hope he's okay kind of thing yeah and then, yeah but then today obviously he tweets at the six-man show and at several other magic fans today um which again it's just funny to me because the guy hasn't tweeted since august and all he has tweeted about this entire NBA season has been about the Orlando Magic and the Six Fan Show and Orlando Magic fans. Six Man Show, excuse me. Which I think is just hilarious. It's so funny to me. Uh, anyway, I, I look forward to it. I said it on the post-game live show. I, if Eddie House wants to come on the show and come talk to me or come talk to us, I welcome that. I think it'd be a very fun time. Uh, but obviously, I don't think he'll do it. But if he wants to, we'll bring it on. So anyway, I think it's been fun. And like I texted you guys, part of me a small sliver of me <laughs> wants to play the Boston Celtics we in the playoffs. Boston. Because, and in the second round, not the first round, the second round. Because I know they'd probably beat us. Like, they have like a 97% chance of beating us. But that 3% gets me fired the heck up. Like, the thoughts of us beating them and getting to just drag Eddie House on Twitter after beating them in the playoffs and knocking them out just fires me the heck up. I mean, I would love that. now. I probably need to be a little more, a little more, um, not realistic, but even more careful, you know, because obviously if we play them, they would probably destroy us. But you never know. That 3% chance gets me going, you know. I, th- I think it would be absolutely miserable. Um, I think it would be miserable because, yes, while it would be fun, which you gave it a 3%, I'd probably give it a half percent mm-hmm. of us beating the Boston Celtics. And I think it probably goes five. Uh, we we would probably win game one because we're the best game one team of all time. Better believe it. But then teams take us more seriously and they clamp us and whatever. So especially this young team. But uh, it, it Eddie, what scares me most is if I wished for that scenario, Boston beats us, and then I got it. It wasn't Eddie House that that bothered me at all today. Not no part of Eddie House bothered me. It was. I f- you f- you don't forget, but like on Twitter, they've been so quiet because we've been beating them. All these Boston fans, even when Eddie interacted, like they didn't have his back at all. And then they beat us, you know, two two times in three days. And then I remember that they have one of the biggest fan bases, and I had to just mute everything that had to do with Boston fans because like, we were getting so many people tweeting at us because of Eddie's tweet and whatever. That's what I would dread is like, oh, we just got beaten four or five by the Boston Celtics. And now I got to deal with these Boston fans who are probably going to bookmark everything for next season too. It's the fun of social media, but it's also the the downfall of social media. I don't really wish for it. I'd rather just play some other teams and, uh, and, and take my chances there that their, their fans are nicer and they don't have an Eddie house personality to give you like the 30 second recap. Like if you're not up to speed, Basically, last year after the Magic, you know, the Magic had opening night at home against the Celtics. They lost that game. Well, in December, they had a Friday Sunday series, just like we just did. On the Friday, the Magic win. 
And then after the game, Eddie House talking about how the Celtics lost to a trash team in the Magic. That Sunday, the Magic beat the Celtics again. All the Magic players are tweeting the Rafer Alston smack Eddie House in the back of the head gif. Every single Magic fan on the face of the earth that has a Twitter account also did the same. And then this season, like leading into that in-season tournament game. We beat him one other time after that, by the way, last season. We beat him three times last season. Mm -hmm. Well, at home, Eddie House comes to Orlando, correct? Yes. This season, talking about the Magic, Brian Scalabrine and Eddie House are talking on the the Boston, uh, you know, uh, broadcast. And Brian Scalabrine tells him, like, hey, like, this is your fault. Like, and Eddie House is just acting like he didn't do anything wrong and everything is okay. And, you know, it it is what it is and just keeps doubling and then tripling down on the, the dumb comment. And to the point, Dante Marcatelli, ahead of, Friday's game, I guess, was on the the Boston broadcast talking to Eddie House and was like, calling a team trash is not analysis. Like, you're supposed to be an analyst. That is not analysis. Like, do your job, essentially. So if Dante's got beef with you, we've got beef with you. All the Magic players we know have beef with you. So we have beef with you. And we're insane Orlando Magic fanatic fans. So yeah, when you come at our team and then we destroy you in the in-season tournament game, we're going to let you hear about it. And the fact that this guy's acting like, oh, I don't even know who you guys are. Apparently you do because you keep going out of your way to You're tweet sitting on us. our tweets for weeks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, it, it's, dude is just like, I can't wait to tweet at these guys, the six man yeah. show, who I know their name. Yeah. The idiot. Yeah. yeah. But I, again, I do want to congratulate the Celtics for going two and four against the Magic over the last year. So mm. glad Eddie House is really fired up about that. And yes, we'll be sitting here enviously watching them play late in the May and probably in the June and congratulate them I, on whatever listen, you know success they have but listen uh, I, yeah. I can't personally personally I cannot wait till they make the finals and they lose in the finals and you tweet them all and for I nothing. get to tweet oops all for nothing at Eddie House <laughs> I, I think the Celtics might actually win the championship this year. Guys. Yeah, they're very good. They're they very good. They might actually do that. Yeah, but they're very good. Yeah, but if, if they we don't. beat them in the playoffs, oh, then all bets are off. Listen, if we were off. to somehow beat them in the playoffs, or if they lose in any round of the playoffs, or by the grace of God have a collapse and they don't make the postseason in some crazy fashion, that's when in any of these circumstances. I get to tweet, oops, all for nothing at Eddie House, and it's going to be awesome. There's a no-win situation unless you win the finals. One good thing that has come out of this, Eddie House admitted we are a good team. True. His final tweet was, you're a good team, but, you know, and then said some other stuff that, you know, nobody really cares about. But, yeah, yeah, I think today also just reminded me, like, how I don't want want to say the majority, but, like, a lot of Boston fans are just insufferable. And have and no winning. idea like what's going on and just like blindly follow what somebody says because they're a Boston guy or whatever, which to a certain respect, like I respect that. But it's also like if you don't really know what's going on and all the context behind like this Eddie House stuff, like how are you just like, oh, yeah, own these fools like with your four followers or whatever, like pretty. I, pretty I also wild. loved I also love that most Celtics fans just like most national media or, or national NBA fans have no clue that we're playing without two starters right now. And what I loved earlier today, I saw someone mention that, hey, we're playing without two starters. And then the Celtics fan was like, oh, yeah, well, you beat us in November without two starters. And we're like, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. You idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, 
that's uh that's the end of our Eddie House drama for now until you know we have the the next uh, episode of that, which I'm sure you know will come at some point because it seems like he can't really you know help himself and like at the end of the day we're just talking about basketball. It's not that deep. We're not just gonna not talk about a guy that trashed you know, our entire franchise and doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on listen, it. And now his personally come at us like we're not yeah so listen we we are just general nba fans who watched boston's the boston celtics and eddie house play in the nba playoffs win a championship so for us it's like why wouldn't we talk about this all the time because regardless at the end of the day we can trash eddie house whatever former nba champion we have beef with and it's incredible to even be in this part of that to be honest with you that like I, I sent it to my buddies Brandon and Danny the tweet from Eddie House the initial one tonight, and Danny was just like, "You guys are beefing with a former NBA champ. This is incredible." And I was like, "A hundred percent, it is incredible." Yeah. So thank you, Eddie House. It's it's been fun. Yeah. Hope your family's well, like legitimately. But you are just not cool. <laughs> All right, the week ahead. Uh, coming up, Magic have another couple of days off here, which I don't really know how I feel about because they had a, a ton of time off last week and it didn't seem to do them any favors. But they're off Monday and Tuesday. Let me actually go back. I want to pull up the the Magic's uh, schedule here, see if they're practicing uh, Monday or Tuesday because in all honesty, they really do need a, a bit of practice here. So they're going to practice on Tuesday. So they're off Monday, obviously, you know, traveling. Um, or, or yeah, so they, they're probably already back in Orlando, but they'll have the day off tomorrow after the little road trip there. So they practice on Tuesday and then on Wednesday, you've got the heat at home and then you've got a home away back to back. So after the game on Wednesday, you fly to Milwaukee to take on the bucks uh, and then they'll fly to Indiana. They'll have a day off in Indiana, uh, or they'll fly to Indiana on Friday. It looks like according to the schedule and then they'll play Indiana, uh, on Saturday. Saturday. So before we do this, yeah, I don't feel I don't feel super confident about this week. Before we do this, I have a little tidbit for you. Okay? Not mm-hmm. everyone is going to like this. Okay? Mm-hmm. The Magic play the next 4 games, so Miami, in Milwaukee, and Indiana in Washington. Next 4 games in their white association jerseys. Then they play the Sixers in the city. Then they play two more games in their white jerseys. Then a classic. Then two more games in a white jersey. So if you're counting at home, that's four in a row, six out of seven, and eight out of their next ten are in the white association jerseys. I'm just throwing that out there. Just want everyone to be aware. Don't don't let it catch you by surprise. Some people don't love those. Those have not been kind to us over some time. Now, last year we had... I believe, according to Adam Papa Giorgio, that was our best record last season, was in the white jerseys. Mm-hmm. However, we have had some injuries in those. We've had some really ugly losses in those. So I just want to mentally prepare you, as well as all Magic fans, that there's going to be a lot of white jerseys over the next two weeks or so. Beautiful. Thanks so now how that, do you Kevin. feel? <laughs> Worse. <laughs> um. Because Indiana owes us one for the absolute trouncing that we gave them a few weeks ago. So, you know, they're going to be super fired up for that game. Milwaukee Milwaukee owes us one at home. Milwaukee owes us one as well. And that's the second night of a back-to-back. And it's a home-away back-to-back where you're flying halfway across the country for that game. I feel like one and two this week, unfortunately. 
you, you, going, win, you win on on Wednesday at home over the Heat. You just have to. No, I just I think they are still without Bam Adebayo. You got to get that win. I am going that you're going two and one. I think that you Beautiful. beat Miami. You beat Indiana, and it really just has to do with Indiana lately. They're one and four in their last five games. They're not looking awesome. They've they've taken a loss to Washington, who the Suns might be taking an L to Washington. You guys will have to let me know in the uh, future verse here as you're listening to this. Uh, Katie might just request a trade again or something. Uh, so they anyway, Indiana loses to Washington, um, and they lose to the Lakers. They beat. But they beat the Pistons, and that's their only win. Their last five games is against the Pistons, so I feel okay about that Pacers game. So I'm going two and one. First off, big shout out to KD, big fan of the six man show. Um, Huge. Uh, I also was going to go two and one, Luke, um, and I'm not going to change that just because you said I I had the same games. I think Perfect. we beat Miami. I give us about maybe a better shot to beat the Celtics in the playoffs than I do for us to beat the Bucks on Thursday. The second night of a back-to-back, like you said, us traveling. Like, surely there's no way this Magic team wins in, in Milwaukee. They're 14-2 and two at home, by the way. Milwaukee is. Mm, so Yeah, great. You got great. that going against you. Yeah, so, however, I think we can beat the Pacers on Saturday. I think it's possible. Like you said, they're not playing their best basketball. I think, obviously, our defense has slipped of late, but I still think it's good enough. You slow Halliburton down, you got a chance. Against that team, you know, yeah, they've got some nice weapons around him, but Halliburton's the key, as we've seen, like you know, when when they played in the in season tournament final against the Lakers, they played great defense on him. I think the Magic played even better defense back in was it November or whatever it was. So anyway, that's what I'm saying. Two and one, and then you look ahead to next week. You start with the Wizards. That's a good start before it gets really really crazy. Sunday, what an opera or Saturday, what an opportunity for the Pacers to get back on track. That's that's kind of wow. How I'm looking at it. They're, wow. I just, we destroyed them at home. Tyrese Halliburton desperately wanted to play us in the in-season tournament to sort of get that revenge. So I think they're just going to be up for that game. And yeah, unless we're getting, you know, Markell and, and, and Wendell back, which is a possibility, you know, for, for one of those games, it just feels like like this team just needs like a little bit of juice again. Like you, just overflowing with swagger and confidence during that winning streak and just hasn't really felt the same since. So getting those guys back and injecting a little bit of life back into the lineup would be great. You absolutely can win that game. I just think if Indiana is the 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 team that a lot of people think they are, they're going to be looking for revenge and it's it's going to be a, a a tough game. And uh, yeah, Magic haven't been fantastic on the road. I think now they're below five hundred. Yeah, you're five and seven on the road. So I hope you guys are right. I will say that. So, but uh, yeah, that's the week ahead. Uh, anything else that we want to touch on before we go ahead and, and wrap this one up? No. I'm just looking forward to Wednesday with the new uh, arena name, honestly. Yeah. We'll find that out before, obviously, the game against the mm-hmm. Heat. So you guys going to the game, you'll be walking into whatever the new name is on Wednesday night. It'll be interesting. A small part of me wants to find a way to go to that game. First game against the Heat of the year. First game know. in the in the new named building? Yeah. I probably won't, but I'm going to think real hard about it and then decide not to go. I just want you guys to know that if we lose... been making to, that drive so much recently. If we lose to the Heat on Wednesday, I'm blaming it on the, the new name and it not being Amway anymore. Just saying. Ooh, We've like been great it. at home. We've been great at home, so I'm putting all the blame. 
if we lose to the Dirty Stinking Heat on Wednesday. Unless it's unless it's uh, named by State Farm, and then you you won't blame them. Yeah, then you can't if you're right. me. Yeah. I do. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this one. Appreciate you guys uh, tuning in here. Appreciate producer Kevin jumping on this one to talk a little magic basketball with us. So for producer Kevin Tucker, for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.